Pentecostal church. And the reason we are, because Jesus birthed the church similar fashion, right? At the day of Pentecost, when flames of fire came and rested on each one of the disciples, some spoke in tongues, most of them spoke in tongues. Then Peter gets up and he preaches a message. The same Peter that denied Jesus now stands up, preaches to 3,000 people and says to them, listen, you crucified Jesus. You killed the Son of God. And what a difference it made from Peter the coward, Peter, who denies Jesus, Peter, who this little girl, 12-year-old, says to you, you were with Jesus, I know you were, legit. I saw you. You were hanging with him. Not me. No way. He couldn't even, to a 12-year-old, or how old she was, he couldn't even tell her. I mean, what are you scared of a 12-year-old, bro? Relax, will you? He couldn't even tell her that he was with Jesus. And then, after the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God comes and dwells inside Peter, changes him, completely renewed, completely changed, completely born again. Peter's dead. Old Peter is gone. This is what the Bible says. Any man that be in Christ Jesus, the old has gone, the new has come. Old Louis is in there somewhere dead. Old Marley is dead. Old Sam is dead. Old Steve is dead. Eddie, the old Eddie's dead. Dima, the old Dima's dead. Behold, the new has come. I'm not the same guy. You're not the same person. You're not the same person. What the devil tries to do, he tries to remind you of the old man. He tries to remind you of your old ways, your old habits, your old things. These are the things that trip you up. And even though you come to Christ, you're still going to mess up. You just remind him with the word of God. Behold, all things are new. Behold, I'm a new creation. I'm a new Lewis. I should change my name. From Louis to Lewis. I see Susan's nodding her head, and I see why you're nodding your head. Hey, Saul of Tarsus becomes Paul. So I'm legitly can change my name. If you're scripturally looking at it, you can change your name. Anyway, that's why we are a Pentecostal church. That's who we are. That's our true identity. That people look to me, people say, sometimes they go, like, you, I'm doing some movie driving to get him in the car. Say, uh, so what religion are you? I said, I'm Pentecostal. He goes, oh, did they come out of the Protestants, did they? I go, no. He goes, where'd you guys come from? I said, mate, we came from the beginning. From the day of Pentecost. From the day of Pentecost. We lost our way through the history, right? And we lost our way of moving in the spirit and having the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us through the centuries. People tried to stamp out what? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in a meeting, right? Then you have revivals that God brings revivals to remind people Azuzu Street was a revival. This other thing was a revival. And, and just throughout the generations, the Welsh revival, what is it? What's God doing? He's saying, listen, you're not religious. 
You're not to come to church and go, like me being a good Greek. Give you a lesson, give you a lesson, give you a lesson. Say something. Um, our Father, which art in heaven, Allah be your name. Mary, full of grace. And it, you just, it's a ritual, right? They're all rituals. There's nothing in here. That's why God had to, through the centuries, when we lose our way in church, and he goes, remember, I gave you the Holy Spirit for a reason. He gave it a Holy Ghost for a reason. The Holy Spirit is not a force. It's a person. Look at the guy next to you or the person next to you and say, see that person next to you? Don't look too hard. Can you know my wife? But you know. The Holy Spirit's a person. And the person of the Holy Spirit comes down upon, like it did with Jesus, like a dove, and, and the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that you have communion with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And this morning, in your meeting, what the Holy Spirit does, this is why we're a Pentecostal church, He manifests through things, through you. The worship this morning, I mean, she's like, what makes her do that? Is that a performance? No, there's something stirring within her, something inside her. Jim's playing the bass guitar, boom, 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 boom. And he's like getting into it. And then, and then Elizabeth's over here. Oh, I've got a word on you. Brett. Pretty good in <laughs> Listen, it's a manifestation of the Spirit. It's the Spirit of God in them coming out, flowing out. And then Elizabeth has a word. She hears the Spirit of God say something and saying, hey, I've got a word for somebody here. And the Spirit of God, who, same Spirit that lives in Louis, lives in Denise, lives in Dina, lives in Eddie, lives in you, lives in Mali. The same Spirit lives in every one of you. That's why when you come to a meeting and you feel like, He's talking to me. He's talking to me. The Holy Spirit's talking to me. I can feel this whole meeting's all about me. No, it's not. Mate, the same Spirit does it. There's about 25 people going through the same thing. This is what makes us a Pentecostal church. It, it's, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Denise gets up and prays this morning that God would heal Lena because we believe in healing, because we believe in the manifestation of the Spirit. Jesus said, speak to the mountain. The Spirit of God will, will go and He will pray. And he will, when we pray, the Holy Spirit will go and He will manifest in that person's place in the situation why do we lay hands on people we lay hands on people because the bible says lay hands on the sick lay hands on them to be filled with the holy spirit this is why we lay hands on people because there's this interaction and this giving out of the spirit into the other person's life it's amazing we're a pentecostal church and listen and this is where it started from just slide that scripture up for me please elisha elisha what a great name do you know Elisha did twice the amount of miracles that Elijah did? You count them. Because he asked, remember, he says to Elijah when he was about to take him up in the glory, he says, I'll have double, I want double the anointing. God looks back and goes, mate, this guy's greedy. Nah, 
mate, you ask God for that kind of you ask God for that kind of prayer, He'll love to answer it. You want a double anointing, you want double this, you want double that. Why? Because it brings Him glory and it destroys the works of darkness. This is the scripture. This is now before I read it. So, day of Pentecost comes. They all get filled with the Holy Ghost. They get changed, fire on fire for God. Peter goes out, preaches, right? And then 3,000 get saved while he's preaching. And then this is what they do straight after that. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who is in need. I'm in need. If anyone wants to sell me a property, I'm good. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Was that it? Praising God, enjoying the favour of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's what they did right from the beginning. Guess what? That's what we did this morning except for the breaking of bread, which will come next week because we do it once a month now, which we might change because no masks, right? I think, you know what's good about having no masks? And this is a reminder. I looked in my left-hand pocket and there's a mask, right? And then I went into my right-hand side. I go, what's that? I go, there's another mask. It's like, I don't know, strange. Listen, this is what they did. They did that, continued in it, and we continue in it. And we continue in the moving of the Spirit just like they did. And this morning, I'm not going to preach for long. I think I'm going to end it in about a couple of minutes just to say this, because I believe that the Spirit of God wants to do something this morning. I really sense it in my heart. And when Elizabeth was given that word, I felt it in my spirit. I felt it in my bone that the Lord was saying, "You people here this morning, you're looking at a giant and this giant has overtaken your life. And you see him coming and I don't know what it is, whatever it is, you know personally what it is. I know what my giant is. Do you know what your giant is? But when that word came, to see him cut off at the knees... I saw him cut off at the knees. Have you ever seen a giant cut off at the knees? Not much you can do. Like, and there's one thing too. I I, I was thinking, as she was speaking and talking, I could sense in the spirit, there are people saying to yourself, I want that giant gone. I want the giant gone. I want to see it. And the word said that you should see the giant cut off at the knees. And I want to go one step further because when King David, you've got to think about this for a minute. David was this little kid, anointed of God, filled with the Holy Ghost, right? But yet no one knew him. No one understood who he was. He's a little kid that loved the Lord, worshipped God on a rock, looking after the trees, the anointing of God will come upon him and one, some bear will take the sheep. David will get his sling. Smash that bear. Take that sheep back and come back. No one saw him do that. No one saw him do that. He was a person who believed in the power of the Spirit of God in his life and the anointing that came upon him. When Samuel anointed David with oil... 
There was an anointing that comes upon you. Listen to what the Bible says. I haven't got the scripture. You can look it up when you get home. The Bible says you have an anointing. And Louis doesn't have to teach you anything. That's what the word says. It says you've got an anointing on your life. You don't need to do anything. There's anointing on your life. You need to see that the same anointing, the same spirit, right, that was on David rests on you. The same spirit. Now, people look at David and go, man, what a mighty man of God David was, right? He ran towards the enemy. Same spirit. You know what we don't do? The word this morning is this. All these people in Israel were standing there in fear, looking at a giant, speaking to him and saying, you cannot fight me. You cannot come near me. I'm, I'm a giant. I've been fighting since I was a young fellow. No one can take me on. And I feel like when the word was being spoken, there were so many of us who live in fear, who were scared to take it to the enemy who was scared to look at their giant. And that word this morning made it even more easy because the word said, cut off at the knees. You know what you need to do now? It's, the Holy Ghost has made it so easy for you because David, he ran while he still had legs. The giant had legs. David ran towards the line. What makes David run towards the line? Because he knows there's an anointing on his life. He knows that he's filled with the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have an anointing in your life. You need to know and understand what you have deposited in your life. You have that. And so he sees this giant coming towards him. He runs to the line, it says. Takes these little stones, flings them, hits him in the forehead, comes up, lands off, walks over to him, takes his big sword, takes the sword of the enemy, slices off his head. Walks around with his head, as a trophy. And David says, man, you come at me with, you know, shields and swords. I come at you, what, with a bit of stone? No. He comes in the name of the Lord his God. The Lord his God. The Lord your God. The Lord your God. You should see that enemy. And it's made it easy because his knees are chopped right now. So all you have to do now with, the, with no knees. The guy's got no knees. He can't even walk towards you. Just walk up to him, do the kung fu. What Take out the sword and slice his head off and don't let him ever get back up again. If you do that this morning, we're going to have a time of prayer this morning and I'm going to get people this morning to come and we're going to have our first altar call for almost 18 months or something, right? And I want you, because the reason we have altar calls is because I want you to, as a, an, a, an expression of your faith, when you see that giant, there's a giant in your life and that step of faith that moves from the back, from the middle, from the front, to here to the front, it's saying, you know what, Lord? I heard your word. I understand what you're saying. And as a response by faith, I'm walking to the front. I'm walking. See yourself walking towards the enemy. See yourself walking towards the enemy. And you just lift up this morning and we're going to pray that God, not only does he fill you with the Holy Spirit and anointing, that you'll be able to handle this giant and cut him off. And from that for, time forth, I want you to know to when you walk away from here, whether people pray for us or not, if we've got enough people praying, I want you to start seeing in your head, he has been defeated. I'm a new creation. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I've got an anointing on my life. That's who you are. 
And But the enemy deceives us. That's why, you know, the Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And do you know the Bible, when, when he mentions that, a lot of people say that's exactly what the devil does. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's come to kill who you are. He's come to kill off your joy, kill off your peace, kill off every... How does he do that? By deception. That's the only tool he's got for a Christian. Deceiving. He'll tell you, he'll speak to you, he'll say, oh, there, you know, yeah, who are you? You know, da, da, da. He's just, that's all he's got. Because he knows he can't touch you, right? Because you've got the anointing of God on your life. He knows he can't. He's got to deceive you. That's the only way he can do it. And then what we do is we allow that deception to come into our minds. And we hear voices that do not correspond or match up with the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. He will say to you, Ha, ye, ye, but look at you. How can you be born again? You still sin. It says, you know why? Then you get the sword again and you say to him, listen, you're chopped off on the knees. Don't try to deceive me. My Bible says that my righteousness is brought to me by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's where my righteousness comes from. It doesn't come from, I might stuff up, but you know what? The work that God has begun in me, he's faithful to complete it. You give it to him again. Every time you give him the word, the word, word. And then by the time you get close to the legless, giant you just chop off his head and i'll tell you you keep doing that and he'll he'll from a distance you'll be looking at him and he'll be like dead you'll have no say in your life no none whatsoever you'll see him coming from a distance you'll hear the thoughts of the enemy coming from a distance and you'll be already out with the sword the word of god and before he even begins to start to build a stronghold in your mind, you've already got the Word of God out. You've already telling him exactly where to go. In the name of Jesus, this is warfare. I do not fight against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers in high places. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I bind up your work in Jesus' name. I bind up every wrong thought in my mind in Jesus' name. You have no authority over me in Jesus' name. You must flee in Jesus' name. Take it to him. Take it to him. What are we doing, man? Punch drunk. Like, oh, I'm out, man. I'm gone. I'm dead. I can't fight anymore. It's like, well, mate, listen. It's the Spirit of God that renews your strength. It's the Spirit of God that enables you to stop fighting on your own. Get the Word of God. Get everything that God has given you, the anointing, the Spirit of God, and go for it. Get up off the canvas. And don't let him run over your life. And even, look, I know that a lot of us have people that aren't saved, people that are going through a hard time. It's the same mentality. If you've got people that you love who are going through a hard time, you know what we do? We take it to the enemy again. We say, in the name of Jesus, I see my brother, my sister, my daughter, my, in the name of Jesus, Father, you, I claim the promises of God over there. Enemy, Satan, you have no hold over that person in Jesus' name. We take authority over you, the authority that God has given me, the authority that Jesus has given me. We speak in the name of Jesus, that mountain. We break the power over that young man's life in Jesus' name. You feel the power? I feel the power. I got goosebumps when I just said that. I don't know who was set free, but that's who you are. You are kings and priests 
in the church. And what does the priest do? He goes and intercedes for God. He intercedes. And even Jesus, the Bible says, is in heaven interceding for you. So you're, you're interceding and Jesus is interceding. Say, Lord Jesus, could you remember this person? Can you pray to the Father as well? Because I'm praying for him and I'm believing that they're going to get saved. I'm believing they're going to get healed. I'm believing, Lord, in the name of Jesus for salvation. Da, 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 da. Off you go. Warfare. You're Pentecostal. That's what makes you Pentecostal because you believe in the Spirit moving in our lives. And so this morning, let me get the musos up and we're going to do some warfare about your giant. And listen, I know that... Oh, I better not leave that there. I better leave that there because you're going to take it, mate, aren't you? Um, It is a big call. And you might be here this morning. You don't know Jesus. You might be your first time at a Pentecostal church and you're thinking to yourself, what have I got into, man? You've gone into some great stuff. That's what you've gotten into, right? You've gone into some good stuff because Jesus is Lord and Saviour and he will, like the Bible says and we spoke about it before, he wants to give you an abundant life. Don't let the enemy steal your joy, steal your peace. Jesus came to give you abundant life. So this morning you can have abundant life. It's good, mate. It's boldness. Paul, that's about what I was about to say. Don't wait. Don't let fear stop you from receiving something from God this morning. So let's stand up this morning. And as God, you want this giant dealt with this morning, or if you want to give your life to Christ, to come forward. And if the person's praying for you, if it's the first time, say, look, I've come to give my life to Jesus for the first time. So let's worship, let's praise. And uh, come forward and we're going to pray, lay hands on you and believe together that the giant is slain, he's defeated and the enemy is gone out of your life in Jesus' name for complete deliverance, Father. Complete freedom in the name of Jesus, Father. I pray in advance for everyone that's coming forth this morning that they will see their giant gone. They will see the giant, Lord, broken of his power over their lives. They will not will not, will not ever, Father God, have trouble with this giant because, Lord, he's cut off at the knees. We cut off his head by faith in the name of Jesus. So, Father, everyone this morning that's looking and seeing their giant, we pray, Father, that the anointing of God will come upon them, the authority of God will come upon them. Lord, fill them this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.